Welcome to Culture Eats, a show that seeks to explore some of the great organization cultures we have in the Asia-Pacific region, one bite at a time. I'm your host, Daniel Maskord. Welcome everybody to episode 12, which is the final episode of the inaugural Culture Eats season one. And uh, episode 12 is a special one because it kind of returns back full circle from where we started, which was about corporate purpose predominantly. And now we're going to tackle individual personal purpose. And I'm really happy to have the the right person for the job, someone that's impacted my own personal purpose the most. Uh, welcome to the show, Dad, uh, or as everybody else may call you, Keith, uh, or, or, or Dr. Andrew, sorry, Dr. Keith Andrew Maskell. Um, what, what about, where's the accent? The accent, I, I suppose I'm, I'm a Canadian, so you'll have to say it. Keith. <laughs> yeah, Keith, Keith. Uh, so welcome to the show, Keith, or, or Dad. I obviously have known you for uh, 41 years. So for those that haven't had the privilege, uh, would you mind giving a a quick introduction about uh, who you are, um, where you work, and um, just uh, your career summary? Yeah, I'll I'll try to be very brief. I'm about to retire, as you know, but I'm currently kind of managing, supervising the prison chaplaincy service here in New South Wales, so around 100 chaplains, multi-faith working in jails, adult jails, and, you know, that's been quite um, quite the experience. And it, it, uh, before that, I was working as a parole officer for uh, almost 10 years. Uh, before that, uh, in parish ministry as an Anglican priest in the inner suburbs of Sydney. Before that, taught for 10 years uh, in a seminary, you know, teaching people how to become ministers <laughs> kind of thing and uh before that uh a minister uh, a anglican priest working in country new south wales before that a secondary teacher and before that i was uh not, not nothing before that i was uh, at university <laughs> training to do all these things for sure so yes yeah, so, so um what I, what I wanted to talk about together dad is um a I guess to explore your own purpose, um, you know, we've we've talked about, I think, purpose and you know, meaning in life, what you want to do for, for well, all of my life, I guess. So I was, I was interested to bring you into the conversation to talk about how you um, approach purpose yourself personally. How did you find your own life's purpose? How did that come about? You know, what's been the journey, some of the challenges, um, some of the wins, et cetera. And then we kind of move along to maybe some general tips and uh yeah like a process if there is a process to find a purpose towards the end so so how does that sound that sounds very doable yeah i'd like like to be part of that Mm. okay good so how did you find your own purpose well i grew up in a context and within a family where i had a very strong belief or came very early to a very strong belief that life itself has purpose and so an overarching purpose or our human life has kind of an overarching purpose and so I grew up in a kind of strongly and deeply pious and religious household where belief in God and Christian uh, understandings of life and its meaning kind of predominated from a very early age and so 
I saw life as purposeful and probably if, if I was thinking in the broadest of terms, the purpose of any life, any human life, uh, could have been summed up in the two great commandments to love God and to love one's fellow human person. So it was that uh, within that sort of context that I grew up, you know, wondering and over time sort of developing a sense of my own purpose, my own individual purpose in that sort of broader kind of framework. Yeah. So, so just to summarize, the environment that you grew up in helped shape your thinking and, and kind of assisted you to create your purpose. How about like the pursuit of that purpose, uh, the journey to, to, to find meaning in this, uh, to get closer to God, to get closer to others? How, how, how's that been for you? Yeah, I think um, it was sort of two, two um, sometimes competing and sometimes at tension kind of influences in my life, which, um, you know, have kind of jointly taken me along the journey that I've walked. One is that kind of strong sense that life has a purpose. Um, God ultimately, you know, has created human life and all of its richness and diversity that humans are kind of God-like in being able to, to reason and to think and to love and to relate. So in that sort of context of, I don't know, a, sort of a deep understanding even of God's love for me and I had parents who loved me but also had a, a sense that, you know, life itself was kind of overlooked um, by a loving God. So that freed me, I think, to then follow my kind of own kind of interests and passions, you know, in early stages, wanted to be a great preacher, you know, um, American evangelist Billy Graham was big at that time and, you know, the idea of hundreds of thousands of people coming to listen to to someone talk about God, you know, kind of enthused me as a youngster. So that was, kind of, that was, you know, that sort of Christian foundation, which sort of made it in one sense mm. quite easy. But the other one, and I, I won't, I won't elaborate at this stage, but the other one is that I grew up in a home which was deeply influenced by the Enlightenment, the European Enlightenment, where people were encouraged to kind of think for themselves. And so sort of the great, um, 18th century philosopher Immanuel Kant kind of argued that um, that we ought to be brave enough to think for ourselves, to to reason and to um, to to ask questions. And so I grew up in a household where I had a father who asked questions, sometimes quite critical questions of his own tradition. And so those two parallel kind of influences in my life have actually, you know, took took me to where I've gone and where i am now does that make sense it does i mean it, it sounds like it, you know, as, as you said at the start competing or conflicting forces yeah um, depending on the topic yeah uh yes sometimes if you're questioning and critiquing certain topics it will clash the most so to just getting into that journey right so as a in your youth you set up your foundations and you're starting to bring in an additional layer of critique. You're getting deeper into Christianity, and um, but also you, you're getting into Greek philosophy and theology, right? 
just to take yeah. that step back i think yeah. you know i was yeah. you know as a as a teenager i was so com- entirely convinced of the truth of what i believed about god and jesus but then mm. you know as i kind of late late teenage years and into university i thought well a lot of people don't think that way and and why not mm. so I, d- I decided early on to study philosophy you know which um someone has described as a particularly stubborn attempt to think clearly so you know, I'd read Bertrand Russell's book on why I'm not a Christian, you know, and I'd, I, you know, wrestled with issues of faith and 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 doubt, and so that helped to create that journey. So academically, you know, I went on to get a doctorate in uh, broadly epistemology, which is a study of knowledge, and so so in a sense, I've become a critic of certain aspects of my tradition, but also hopefully a friendly critic in that you know I want to hold on to those things that. Um, I think you know our life shaping, and still that even at my elevated age, as you know, of sixty nine. Right. Maybe this is also a good segue to to zoom into maybe the first example of a conflict you know, in terms of the, the teachings of asking and critiquing versus blindly following scripts word for word. What, what, what do you think was the first? Uh, it could be it could be earlier on in your, your youth, but can you recall a particular example where you've you've had to you've questioned and then you've spoken out and um, yeah it, it uh, yeah, may have caused yeah. others yeah. or to your own yeah yeah okay I can I think um it, it, this you know my story is kind of the story of the you know the West really you know Western Europe and Australia and, and the US and whatnot my own story mm. sort of mirrors that as well so. You know, Darwin comes along and and I, uh, you know, provides some evidence, which you know, in broad terms, has been confirmed that our our kind of genetic heritage goes back to, um, if you like, the apes. You know, to um, so we have forebears who were, you know, so they have evolutionary history, which kind of raises all sorts of questions. And so, you know, my own tradition, going back to the Protestant Reformation. And Martin Luther, Martin Luther counseled to just go with the plain text of what the Bible says. Well, if you go with the plain text of the the Bible, you could very quickly come up to the conclusion, and some, you know, one particular bishop did, that the earth is just, you know, 6,000, just a little bit over 6,000 years old. So that dual, the dual influences in my life, my, my father, who respected science and actually encouraged us to think for ourselves. And that goes back to Immanuel Kant, where he says, um, have the courage to use your own understanding and describe that as the motto of the Enlightenment. Well, my dad was an Enlightenment man. He said to me, Keith, don't just go along with what your teachers say. Don't just go along with the books people have written and maybe they've got a doctorate after their name. You think for yourself. You think for yourself. And so all my life that's what I've done. So various conflicts come along, you know. More recently, the teaching of the particular brand of religion I sort of grew into would had a had a lesser place for women. Well, I can't I can't live with that any longer. It makes no sense to me. And then also, even more recently, um, you know, teaching that it marginalizes and it really vilifies and misunderstands gender differences. And so my journey's been jointly influenced by both my Christian faith and by the Enlightenment willingness to have the courage to ask questions and impact it's it has impacted uh, me at various places but i 
I'm so glad it has. <laughs> anyway, you might want to probe a bit further on that one. Yeah, definitely. So if it will step back a little bit and say, did this overarching purpose give you some type of win behind you to keep pushing through those challenges? Like, do, do you feel maybe subconsciously the um, enlightenment, enlightenment on your right shoulder and um, <laughs> Christianity uh, on the left? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Christianity on, on, on the left. Yeah, yeah. Did that help push you through, or was anything else driving you at that point? And we can then go into the detail of perhaps some of the events. Yeah, well. I, I, I go back to what I said earlier. I think mm. I grew up deeply accepted, you know, by my mum and dad, and um, and also that sense of God and God's love. and And I kind of figured that God would never be unhappy with us trying to find out what the truth is, you know, like what really did happen and why. And so, I've always, you know, never really, you know, I mean, I, you know, never really felt too worried about saying what I thought. I've written, as you know, I've written a, a number of books, and I remember one fellow saying, you are so lucky, you know, you're able to say what you think. <laughs> and and, and at, at, that, at that stage I could, you know, and, and, and so being able to, to say and to write what I think is like was well, such a blessing. And so th they go together, don't they, that sense that yeah. life has purpose, there is truth that can be found, and that not, not so many people believe that now, and it's worth pressing to find out the truth, you know. So, like, I'm in favour of investigated journalism and I, I appall, you know, uh, efforts to say that there is no truth and all we have is spin and, you know, nothing, mm -hmm. there, is no, there, is no, there is no truth to be found. It's, it's just bias and, and uh, whatnot. So in that sense, I'm aware of all those things, but I think we can still push through to what we think is right and then live by it. Yeah. To me as a... As a bystander, in a way, like you were fighting for a cause, you're also asking questions: why you you you're understanding why uh, everybody can't be a minister and why everybody can't be part of the church and that ev everybody can't be treated equally. Is there th things that you could share um, around the events? I remember mm. early on in my Christian career, in my career as a clergyman, you know, kind mm. of arguing the case against the ordination of women to the priesthood. So I was, you know, had a more conservative position. And then and then that kind of changed, you know, as I sort of looked at looked at it and examined it. And so there was a 25th anniversary of the movement for the ordination of women. Now, I, I, I had earlier, you know, actually been quite dismissive. In fact, one of the, the leading lights of the movement kind of felt... Uh, demeaned by me, you know, because I took a different view, and I'm sure I was a, mm. I'm sure I was a male chauvinist pig, but I, you know, because I'd changed my mind, I was willing to put my mouth where my, you know, what's the word? Put my action where money. my mouth is, or something like that. And money. and and what yeah. was it? Yeah. What is it? Uh, you put your money where your mouth is. Um, yeah, money. That's right. Put your money where your mouth is. So, so I, 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 I was, I was asked just before I was going across to the U.S. to do some study, to speak at the, um, at the the steps of town hall in the city in Sydney as a guest speaker, uh, you know, at the anniversary, 25th anniversary of the movement for the ordination of women. That was a huge, um, huge honour. But, mm. of course, it, it didn't make me popular with, um, you know, that in, in my case, the uh, Sydney Anglican Church, which is in the news yeah. again at the moment, sadly. And so 
there was costs in that and you know longer term costs because i also took an affirming view on lgbtiq plus issues you know i my license to minister within the sydney anglican church was removed now mm. for me for me a small cost for speaking up uh, for people who who need you know need allies a small small cost and it, and what it did was open up other careers as you know yes so, yeah but also it did affect you quite a bit at the time it, it, even though it was a small cost for the greater good it, it, it did have a big personal impact yeah yes well it did it did um but i was i don't know i don't know how i don't know why i'm wired this way dan and, and mm. psychologists have to um kind of i think i'm such an optimist you know like you know i was interviewed by julia baird on the abc drum you know when i came out in support of uh, same-sex marriage mm. and um I felt en- energized because suddenly I had a whole host of new friends, you know, and so mm-hmm. kind of one door closed but uh, other doors opened and that's kind of been my life. And I think that goes back to a sense of purpose. I feel yeah. like, you know, at the moment, as you know, I'm managing New South Wales prison chaplaincy team, you know, 100, 100 chaplains, a multi-faith chaplaincy service and just about to retire from that. Well, you know... One door closes, others have opened up, and I, I just mm. feel really blessed. And I do believe in, you know, I've been able to fulfil, you know, my life's purposes, <laughs> not just not just yeah. one, not just one. Yeah, and I, I can imagine that by spending time early on or at, at particular points in your life or through points in your life to um, reaffirm your purpose or to update it. Um, and to be as clear as possible on it, it helps take you through. It it takes you for the long term. Like it, it, it yeah. says, well, I've got a long term view on this. Yeah. Uh, there is a greater good for everything, and yeah. any challenges and adversity that I face is maybe one step back, but there will be two steps forward to come for you personally, but also for causes and movements that you're um, interested in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think it is a one step back because I also, you know, a, a couple of times in my life have felt really disempowered by yeah. the, deci- the decisions of others. And, you know, and I look at that and I say, well, you know, I'm a white Anglo-Saxon heterosexual male with a beautiful family, beautiful, wonderful wife, great, great heritage. I'm so blessed. Mm. And so to be in a situation where I'm disempowered or you know, knocked around, you know, a little bit battered sometimes. I think, boy, oh boy, you know, like that's the experience of so many people. It's you know, I have a passion for yeah. for Aboriginal kind of rights within our country, and 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 they know dispossession, they know prejudice, and they know disempowerment. And I, I just mm. don't, th- I don't, I just don't think that any any of the small buffeting that I might have received is anything but good, good for me, and maybe yeah. good for others. Yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, this is true. And this might be another interesting segue to look at purpose uh, for others. Um, so uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, fifteen, fifteen odd years ago, before I came to Hong Kong, I remember sitting down with you, just reflecting on my own personal challenges to uh, to find my 
future life meaning and my purpose and I think what I was saying at the time is just so many choices mm-hmm. uh, you know 100 200 200 years ago there were you know mm. uh, 10 occupations with, yeah. you know, 50 occupations and now there are you know, 100,000 occupations and, yeah, and choices yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah you know, a, a lot of it's positive because you can now do more things but it's also confusing for a lot of a uh, lot of people uh, trying to find what what is their own purpose so that's kind of for me my, my own personal journey is you know similar to yourself like growing up in a um, really strong family environment with good morals and ethics you yeah, definitely remember you know, some of the lessons around asking why and uh, don't just take things at the face value and I think that's that's definitely helped I think you know, being a you know a Christian over the years um, has helped as well it provides another another reason to to keep pushing ahead yep. and uh, so that that's that's been helpful but like from from apart from all of those things I think it's been difficult just to say well I am this mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to live for for the next, you know, yeah. 60, 70 years. So I can imagine a yeah. lot of people, you know, when, when they're trying to think about purpose and it's become probably a little bit more topical over the last uh, five, ten years, maybe struggling. So it'd be kind of good to reflect together on some things that you've seen in others or, or through your own journey that could be helpful for others to, to identify their purpose. Yeah, no, that's good. Just before I... Yeah, yep. a couple of things. How did you go with that answer to that question? Like how, you know, at the time you were asking, you know, around, that was at the time, that was just about, when you you flew out, I think it was at the time of the uh, Kevin Rudd's apology to the Stolen Generation. So it was a really, I was on my, yep. I was on, I was driving down to Canberra at the time. I remember, you know, feeling really sad, tears in my eyes, as it, not too many because I could have to drive, but, you know, you heading off. And so, so mm. that was, that was a, so the turning point in your life too. How, how did you answer that question, or did you 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 just you looked and found found a way forward? Or I'm sorry for being the, the interviewer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a conversation between two people. Yeah. Yep. So I benefited from a varied childhood through to teenage years, right? So so having been born in Sydney, um, head out to to Tamworth and Wee War. As a young kid, um, almost developing country values, and then coming back into the city in my early teens, and then changing schools, then going over to the US and spending six months there, that's right, and that's right. Um, some of the challenges, uh, just real language yeah. accent <laughs> challenges. That's right, that's no one could right. under, no one could understand <laughs> what I was saying, and I had to, to really oh, dial yeah. back the Aussie accent, and then coming <laughs> coming back. And then changing schools, and then I think through all that experience, it shaped this uh, a hunger to learn more about the world um, that we live in. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that's that's been something that's been added into me. Yeah. Um, definitely curious about things. Uh, so so I, I definitely like to understand things that I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like to do a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, as a result, I don't. I don't I'm not going to be that that uh, sushi chef that spends all of his lifetime becoming the master of sushi, and that's all I do in life. Like yeah. I, uh, I like to master a few different um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, things. So yeah, I yeah, think, a few different schools. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, got that a variety of both experiences and knowledge and growing, growing because you grow through it all, don't you? Not just in knowledge, but yeah, you know, in character and depth. So yeah, wow. So that's yeah, that's that's really interesting. So it was a thirst, a thirst for a thirst for knowledge, sort of, you know, by all these moves, 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 you know, in different contexts, coming appreciation of difference really yeah would you say exactly exactly so heading out to hong kong almost felt like it was um it was my first choice i think yeah as an adult to go out to the broader world and understand more about um, uh, things outside of australia um, which is such a great place and um, pretty multicultural anyway but it is australia so so heading out to hong kong was great Um, I i could um immerse myself into my own life and um, start to shape you know what what that looked like yeah well so it gets you know that i mean that thrills me because i think because of that dual influence you know in my life i so wanted that for you guys too that one i didn't want to tell you what to think because i wanted you yes my dad wanted me to work it work kind of work it out myself you know to and dad also traveled right from from being a coal miner you know and, and to to the war and then in and saw the broad, broader world and in and became and created a thirst you know so so i wanted you to know you were loved and you certainly are by your mum and i and your family but but also with that kind of stability and and sort of foundation to find your own way so we almost feel neglectful that we we let you guys go easily, you know, like some families don't, do they? But we wanted you to be the best you could be and to be independent. And, and we've tried mm. not to, not, not, we want to support you, but not interfere with your life in the, in the sense of putting, you know, any strictures around it. So that's, I'd love to hear, I'd love to, I'd love to have heard you say that. Thanks, Dad. What we've covered so far is to talk about finding your purpose uh, in in your context to begin with so talking about how your environment maybe led by your family and surroundings have helped shape and uh, create a purpose which which may have been fine-tuned through multiple stages of your life but ultimately has helped guide you through the good times and the bad times Mm -hmm. Um, and you know we briefly talked about how today the uh, explosion of choice, the enhancement of acceptance, and I think the positive uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs that have been going around the world has made uh, the corporate workplace also more and more welcoming for those to be themselves and to express their opinions. So it's on one hand, uh, life is continues to be complex there there are a lot of choices so i personally think spending time to think about your purpose helps guide you through choices and uh, almost creates a north star to uh, look up to when you may be um, confused at different points in your life so stepping back from our conversations i'd be interested to get your thoughts on how would somebody sitting out there today who's thinking about their their purpose and it may be from yeah, an individual point of view. I'm just interested in my own 
purpose in general, or it could be an individual thinking about their purpose in a work setting as well, thinking about, am I working for the right company? Is my passions and interests aligning well with the company I'm working for? So once again, interested to get your views on how should someone look at purpose? Yeah, I can't I can't help but still thinking it would at least be helpful and for people to feel as if there was some overarching purpose. And I, I think we yeah. kind of we kind of live in a world where the kind of older meta narrative of say Christianity um is kind of fading, you know. So like here in Australia, less than fifty percent of people identify as Christian, you know, and and um, you know, we have there there are other religions and so there's kind of a growth at that level, and yet at the same time, you know, most most people, you know, it's almost intuitively believe that there's, you know, many people continue to believe in God and believe in purpose. And so, you know, regardless of what one's faith position is, I think if you if you start with a some sort of an understanding from whatever whatever your vantage point that that your life is worthwhile, that. There is some purpose in existence. I think human beings have kind of had that intuition right throughout all the ages. And so you start with that more sort of general sense. And then and then in terms of your own purpose, well, a lot of it has to do, I think, with giftedness and interest, doesn't it? Like, you know, my interest was in history and philosophy and that sort of thing. And so I've tended to um tended to go along paths that I'm interested in you mentioned earlier sport you know like i couldn't be a great sportsman although i like sport you know what i mean so a lot's going to depend upon aptitude and and ability and and so that will kind of begin to constrain you like you can't you know you're not going to be you know an astronaut or a brain surgeon because you don't have the brains you know and so and then as you say you get that takes you in in a direction of this career or that career Mm. Uh, and then when you get to a company you know what's what kind of a role kind of might you play in that company you know and is 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 it as simple as that that a deep sense of your value as a human being and the fact that you know you're a unique human being and i love i love the fact that you know workplaces have become more inclusive so really people can feel kind of valued and in a way that's if you like a residual impact of the religious traditions that actually has a deep valuing of humankind, you know, certainly, certainly Christian, but other other religions as well. Does that? That's maybe not answering your question, but I'd frame it that way. And so, where you go, well, a lot of it will depend upon your interest and ability. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think to summarise, you've got um, a good place to start is you know, step one, understanding that. Every life has a purpose and there's a purpose for humanity. And that crosses through religion. It crosses through multiple beliefs and faiths. But uh, every every life has a purpose. Um, Step two feels like get get down to the individual layer and say, what have I been interested in? What do I continue to be interested in? Yeah. What should my interest be in the future, and what what do I think I'm reasonably good at? Yeah, and, that's and, right. That's right. Yeah, you know, no, knowing you know, as you said, you were good at sports, but maybe not good enough to be a paid uh, sports professional. Yeah, and that wisdom helps guide you, and that and that 
in that uh, choice and and maybe similar to myself like i i was i think reasonable at music and i was quite passionate right. about music and i wanted to make the music career work but you know after five or six years i realized that you know, ultimately i could spend another 10 years and be a struggling musician and be really happy but uh you know life is also about um surviving and um family family relationships you need to you need to have uh, financial security to to afford that in yeah. a way so yeah, 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 yeah. so i think it, it it helped me it sounds like it helped you not to spend 10 years um, becoming a Manly Seagulls um, reserve player. Um, <laughs> Not even and for reserves. me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, like obviously not a, you're not spending that amount of time becoming a, you know, you know a, a struggling musician, not, not able to put enough money on the table. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah opportunities, just, just opportunities, yeah, opportunities, yeah. But, I mean, I, I wanted mm. to be a, a pilot, but I'm colorblind. Well, that, that door yeah. closed, right? My dad was a pilot, you know, towards the end of the war, you know, and I wanted to be a pilot, but, well, I wasn't going to be a pilot <laughs> or an <Yeah>. electrician. <laughs> right. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Cut the red wire. Yeah. Um, yes, I think, yeah, step two is um, I think it's beneficial to spend uh, more time uh, having a look in, look inwards, who are we? What are we interested in, and um, what are we fundamentally good at? And then, perhaps step three is 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 looking into the reality of life. Um, and I think there's probably a one in a million chance that you can sync who you are perfectly to an organisation and say, "Well, I've I've found a really well paid career that um, I turn up every day with a hundred percent of honesty, saying that this syncs up entirely to my purpose." Yeah. Uh, because I, I do want to meet that person that you know, really has a 100% sync. But in reality, like it, you're going to have to make trade-offs in a way. Some part of your role may not be what you're looking for. The organisation may not be 100% in sync with what you're looking for. But at least it's a good framing to think about organisations as, um, as a place that you spend a lot of your time, a lot of your, your um, hours in a week. So you don't want to go down the other end and choose choose organizations that are really uh i guess not in sync and um really they strongly believe in things that you strongly disagree with yeah so so third step maybe is is, is looking into just the reality of life and, and really hoping that your purpose can guide you to the right organization and maybe maybe you can carve your own impact and, and help shape that organization in a way that that is part of your purpose. And I think that's where the two things come together beautifully. One of the things I, that, in other words, your sort of life purpose, your values, your your deep yes. kind of beliefs, and then also the kind of job that you end up with. One of the things I just love about the direction in which corporations appear to be moving is towards saying, you know, that someone who's got a disability, um, mm. various, various disabilities, we we will we want as an organization to help you find what your you know how you can contribute out of the your uniqueness and for people who are autistic or people who have you know have have other sort of challenges in a way it's like i don't want to be part of an organization the values of which i don't 
don't align with. And so it's not just skills. And as you have opportunity, and I have had opportunity to help shape cultures, um, mm. that's that's just a, you know, maybe not 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 everyone gets that opportunity, but if if you do, like grab it because you're bringing bringing your deepest values and corporate values and work culture kind of more into al- alignment with you know, values of respect and compassion. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, look, Dad, I, th- I think we've, um, we've had a really uh, good conversation around purpose and you know, we've, this is just a snapshot of the many conversations we have had that I've you know, personally benefited from to help uh, shape my own personal thinking. So really appreciate you spending some time together. We, we were planning to do this in person when I was there in Sydney, but things were too hectic and the higher purpose was to spend family time together rather than to, yeah. to have yeah. this recording. So um, what I wanted to ask as well is for those that are listening in today, what would be just your final tips if someone is at any stage of their journey trying to define their own life's purpose? Once again, it might be for their own personal journey through life or it might be something they're thinking about to help in their their, their future job search? I think to see themselves as uniquely valuable, I mean, you know, fully valuable, but, you know, in their uniqueness and in their distinctiveness and, and there's no one else like any of us. We're all a kind of um, unique mixtures of, of all sorts of influences and gifts and abilities and background and experience and to and to recognize that you yourself are loved you know loved by god you know i would say and and um in that sort of context not, not always feeling loved by others and sometimes really feeling the lack of that but um that you can you can therefore bring love to others you can break cycles if there are cycles that you're part of and finding life's purpose in the context of making a difference for others, really. Ultimately, we're not islands. We're, we're, we're part of a community of peoples. And, uh, and know, that, know that even in the smallest way, you know, I'd often say to the prison chaplains, just a, just a smile can make all the difference in the world. You know, like so, you know, so many, there's so many possibilities for, for making an impact for good and uh, let that come out of a deep sense of your own value. You know, let be be energized and emboldened by the by the by the notion that you are so very special, regardless of whether you're colorblind or you couldn't make the manly reserve grade team. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. This is um, special nuggets that even for myself is uh, hitting close to home, and uh, you know, I think for for others that are tuning in as well, I hope that they can they can also hear that loud and clear. You know, ultimately we are loved, and and there are many things, many possibilities that we have ahead of us. The more time that we spend thinking about uh, our own purpose, the better we will be, and the the better impact that we'll have on others. And uh, you know, crossing that through to the to the corporate side. You know, um, you know, should corporations spend more time on this topic to think about their positive impact that they're making? And, you know, there are many companies um, that have proven financially to, to have benefits from doing this exercise. I think you know, that's, a, that's a real positive. And the more good that we're doing, 
uh, in today's world, the, the, the better. So uh, I think there's there's no better a topic to end season one on with, with culture eats. And I, I'm, I'm really happy that you spent some time with me today and looking forward to having a small break and then coming back for, for season two. Yeah, thank you, Dan. It's been a, a you know real feel a real privilege to be interviewed by my son. <laughs> well, well done, well done, very well done. You know, very very well. Right. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, Dad. You take care. I, I, I got to get uh, get back to the Canberra game. I think it's kicking off now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> See you, Dad. Yeah.